Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that keeps its finger on the pulse of every part of the property world. And today we're taking the temperature of the retail sector as it emerges blinking into the sunlight and asking, how close to normal has that experience been? When they reopened, they said, all those sleepless nights I had were unfounded, really. It went so smoothly that uh, we were almost overprepared. And we'll see what lessons can be learned from parts of Europe that are a few weeks ahead of the UK. The first week, uh, people wanted to see if they felt secure. They want to see people clean. Uh, they want to see uh, people wearing the mask, uh, measuring the temperature in restaurants. Uh. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm delighted to say I have some of the leading lights of the retail property management side of Savills with me today. Stephen Toll is Director of Property Management Research in the UK. He works closely with the Savills property management team, which manages, by the way, over 70 million square feet of retail space in the UK. Stephen, hello. Welcome to you. Hello, Guy. Matthew Whiteley is a director in that property management team. He specialises in looking after retail parts. Matthew, hello. Welcome to you too. Morning, Guy. And representing the rest of Europe, if you like, are Patricia Matias, a national director of retail services at Savos Aguer Newman, the Spanish branch of Savos. Patricia, welcome to you. Hello, thank you for your invitation. It's an absolute pleasure to hear from you, Patricia. And Silvia Segale is Head of Leasing in Savile's Italian division. Silvia, uh, ciao, I should say, I guess. Ciao. Hi, everybody. Nice to be with you today. Right. Let's get stuck into this then. Um, Well, so in the UK, we've been, uh, as at the time of recording, we've been uh, sort of open again, retail-wise, for 10 days or so. Stephen, you're the numbers man. What's it been like? What's happened? Uh, You know, have people been out shopping? Have shops been open? Well, what we found, Guy, is uh, there's been a disparity between shopping centres and retail parks. So we've seen footfall down by around 50% year on year in the first week. Uh, however, retail parks were only down about sort of 20 to 25 percent. And those are initial figures. We're still getting more information in, but those figures could actually improve for retail parks. So, uh, yeah, retail parks have been the winner in the first week. Matthew, uh, how have you found it and how have you, the, the, your tenants found it in retail parks? Yeah, I mean, it's been very interesting, actually. The fact that you're in an outside environment and all the advice has been that it's safer to be outside than inside has obviously um played dear on the the public's mindset and i think actually when you are choosing to go to a shop whatever shop that might be the 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 thoughts and concepts of being able to park in an open air environment queue outside before you go into the store i think is far more appealing than going into a city center which is predominantly where shopping centers are parking in a potentially a multi-story car park and then going into an enclosed environment which has air circulation and air conditioning all things like that so i think out of town has an obvious advantage in that side i think the fact that a lot of the schemes have been open throughout the whole period has got people already going there understanding what the schemes are about and actually understanding how the queuing systems are working how to get onto the scheme and off the scheme so i think they've been much quicker to be able to bounce back and have been much quicker to be able to react to the tenants desires and needs and wants i want to get into uh, the sort of detail of how you've as a property management 
team, you've managed all this uh, and the sort of how retailers have managed it as well. But before we do that, let's, as I say here, from uh, from what's been going on in other parts of Europe, because, you know, Italy and Spain a little bit, well, Italy particularly, a little bit ahead of us in terms of timing. So, Sylvia, you know, you, you're, you've been open, if you like, in, in this way for a, for a few weeks more than more than us. Um, how's it been? Have people really been shopping? Have they been fearful of going to the shops? What's the reaction been? What I experienced is that uh, the, the first uh, uh, week uh, people want to, wanted to see, uh, customer wanted to see if uh, this, the place was, uh, uh, they felt secure. This is, was the first need. In some cases, in some region, we were also compelled, we are still compelled to uh, measure the, 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 the body temperature at the entrance of the shopping center and uh, at the entrance of, of uh, many shops inside. Air circulation and sanitary, uh, sanitization and also daily cleaning. Uh, the cleaning is important uh, as a security now, the same level. And uh, so uh, cleaning, uh, uh, hand cleaning uh, set at every entrance, um, graphic, uh, flow graphic uh, uh, to, to, to sign the flow, um, mask or, mask are obliged, uh, they are obliged to wear mask in every, uh, in the shopping center and every shop. And we can see that people like it, like it. They want to see people clean. They want to see uh, people wearing the mask. Patricia, um, in in Spain, is your experience similar to uh, Sylvia's in Italy of of how retailers uh, and you know uh, managers, you know property managers like yourselves have 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 helped cons- customers uh, do this, help them you know feel safe and comfortable. Totally. Um, and we also control um, access to uh, elevators, escalators with special cleaning. And what we have done here is to have at the entrance of our assets um, uh, a greeter that would explain to our customers what we were doing and what were the measures um, that needed to be, that were taken in place to, to, for their safety. Also, obviously, we uh, adapted all the uh, marketing and communication um, to this new situation um, to share and show that we have a safe um, and clean environment. Uh, also, we, we have um, an, reached an agreement with an external uh, uh, certification company that certifies that our centers, all the measures that we're applying in our assets are actually certified as a clean environment. And that gives a lot of confidence also to our clients. What's your experience been uh, between, you know, you as the as the sort of uh, manager, the property manager of the retail park and the retailer uh, and the retailers? Have, have, have you has it have you all worked very closely together? Has there been any tension between you? Uh, do you know? I think this has actually brought uh, landlords and retailers and managing agents closer together than ever before. I think there needed to be a collegiate approach for it to be a successful reopening, and I think that's what's developed. And I think 
uh, through circumstance more than anything else and the fact that we do need to queue outside so there needs to be an element of agreement and discussion and uh, collaboration has actually meant that we're all talking far more than we were there has been issues absolutely you know such situations as many of the the retailers put their store staff on furlough so until it, the announcement of when it was opening people weren't brought back so it meant that you had to condense a lot of information into a very short period of time but actually putting plans together integrating with the store managers to adapt those plans and make them fluid has actually enabled us to to reopen fairly successfully and without too many um, too many bumps in the road so far i would echo that on the shopping center side i i'm very much uh, involved in terms of the uh the various organizational teams on the shopping center side and uh the almost universally the feedback was that uh, people felt secure they they wanted to give them a, a relaxed uh, environment they didn't want too many restrictions put upon them and i would say 95 to 99 percent of visitors were, were cooperative were collaborative and the other thing as well is that in terms of uh, the relationship with the retailers i would absolutely um, echo what matthew said we also did a survey amongst all our store managers uh, pre-opening to actually find out what their dates were what their plans were how we could help them to make sure it was um, as smooth as possible and the feedback has been pretty much universally positive uh, we produced guidance notes internally for our teams. So everyone felt very, very secure. And actually, they, when they reopened, they said, all those sleepless nights I had were unfounded, really. It, it went so smoothly that uh, we, we were almost over-prepared. I, obviously, I spend a lot of time on out-of-town schemes, as you can probably imagine, and as part of my role. And I've been on multiple ones since lockdown and since uh, reopening. And it, it feels okay. It feels good. It feels safe. It, it, there is less browsing, is, which I think probably will we'll come on to. Um, and it's, a, it's almost like a different type of shopping almost. But there, there is a, a feeling of, of a degree of coming back to normality. And having been um, in lockdown for so long, I think people are really engaging with the ability just to, to wander almost freely and have that, that degree of new normality um, on a scheme. But there is an element. It does feel slightly different, I must admit. Yeah, and Stephen, the, the, Matthew sort of touched on it there. Are shoppers shopping in a different way? I imagine they are. Yeah, I think what we found is, despite footfall being down, conversion, as in you know people's propensity to make a purchase, has, has risen. The average basket size, average transaction value has gone up as well. It's very much almost mission-oriented. I think what people will probably not want to do in the, in, in the initial uh, reopening phase is to stay for too long. I think people will probably want to go to uh, buy items that they weren't able to do during lockdown. At the same time, they may not necessarily want to be in an environment with with so many people. So, for example, when I where I was in Manchester last week, you did see people walking around with a lot of bags. Uh, Primark in particular, who, who did very well, but you know, pre people were walking around with bags as if there's sort of pent-up demand that had built during lockdown. I was sort of wondering also about whether there's more that that shops and and you know property managers like yourselves can do in the future to make the shopping experience. Uh, easier and safer. You know what? Uh, you hear sort of stories occasionally about you know, new ways of queuing or new ways of shopping. Uh, what, what do you think of the sort of the future looks like? 
Well, I think on the shopping centre side, one thing we have been talking about quite quite a lot, and, and this was before lockdown, was actually trying to help retailers with their fulfilment. So uh, people coming into centres to collect items they purchased online, uh, you know, that might actually be an issue for some of our, our, our schemes because a lot of the products are fulfilled from stores. Now, if you have a reduced number of staff within those stores, then it's going to make things a lot more difficult to, to fulfill those transactions as well as uh, managing the customer service experience. So we think going forward, um, those sort of centralized, maybe quick and collect hubs, and, and let's not forget returns here as well, because returns are, are always a, a big uh, bone of contention with retailers. You know, that can hit them quite hard. So I think, and this is something that we're, we're very much looking at closely as a business, there are ways that we can help retailers to reduce the amount of kind of the admin and bureaucracy that, that goes on with with um, things like collections and returns. The, the situation is so fluid at the moment that there is really no hard and fast rules. The, the social distancing will potentially reduce to a metre plus on the 4th of July. Uh, so that completely changes then everyone's strategy, including ours as managing agents of, of out-of-town and shopping centres, but also all your retailers because you're effectively doubling if not more um the number of people you can actually have in the store at any one time so all these all these situations that are present at the moment potentially in two weeks three weeks four weeks will evolve change adapt and we have to be i think from from my side from a management side i think you have to be very quick to be able to react and evolve to the changing situations to enable ultimately the retailer to perform at the most efficient and effective they can in this period of time. And I think whether, we, whether that's through introducing um, queuing systems using QR codes, which I know some retailers are looking at, whether it's the ability to create click and collect stations next to the unit so that people can come out and deliver, or whether it's just actually reaffirming social distancing through making it very obvious we're doing increased hygiene around touch points. All these things will hopefully assist the retailers to return to um, a profitable state. Sylvia, in, in Italy, are you seeing the similar sort of thing in terms of technology being used to make the experience different and easier? Uh, yes, I can say that, first of all, um, after t- four weeks, uh, we, can de- we can say also Italian can queue. Because it's strange to see, but we were not able at all. I think uh, uh, QR code is uh, something which is becoming more and more common. But as what I can say is uh, also this problem of speeding up uh, transaction, helping retailers, uh, is is becoming now the more and more normal. Uh, because uh, social distancing is uh, is still a, a, an issue, but. Uh, it's it's improving we are improving week by week and uh, uh, so i'm i'm positive in, in this the other point i want to, to underline is uh, that small shops in shopping center are generally speaking suffering a little bit more than big anchors because you go you want to go to primark to to, to buy and to zara and so on 
after two or three, uh, you don't have, uh, you don't want to go in, in shop by shop, uh, in uh, or queuing for for small shops. So this is something we have to help, especially take care of uh, small small shops. And uh, Patricia, is that uh, how about the technology in 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 Spain? I don't know how yes. technologically advanced yes. you are as a as a shopping nation. What we found is the systems of of uh, contactless payments um, that that the buy buy online in pick up in store again as it increased massively and and also the technology that um, allows landlords and, and tenants to to connect and to share this information this is a, a must at the moment sharing this information on um, how um, sales are going the attendance is going. Um, uh, it's 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 essential between landlords and and tenants, and there's we progressed a lot in terms of technology on on this side, um, as well. And and in another point is technology that uh, we have in place to know our customer, the customer that actually um, is coming to our assets. And Matthew. Uh- uh, in terms of the sort of future relationship between landlords and retailers with with you guys in the middle i guess um you know you, you talked about there being a sort of a, a level of cooperation at the moment that that that's uh, good in the past obviously with the, there's been some tension about rents and, and and the like where where do you see it in the future we all have one goal and what that, that one goal is for the schemes to be successful um to be vibrant busy trading entities and I think the reality is that that will only ever be uh, successful if everyone works together. And I think if nothing else, this period of lockdown has made everyone reassess that relationship and actually try and work on it considerably more. We want to also understand more about how online sales and click and collect sales affect store sales. We have engaged very, very closely with retailers over the years to understand the turnover and we get a lot of really good information however there's still a lot of um real lack of clarity about what proportion of stores um account for online sales and whether they actually include them within their store sales i think we we have a stat where i think it's like twice as likely as a store to not have an online sale uh accounted to you but you are more likely to have a return that was purchased online taken off your store's bottom line. So we as a business have to have more clarity about how sales are coming through the tills. It happens in other countries, uh, certainly likes of America. We think that's the way things should should really um, progress in this country. It won't be easy. It won't necessarily happen overnight. But I think with COVID, with the support that a lot of retailers have had from landlords, I think this needs to start happening. So time for the Savile Standout statistic from all of you, please. I think you've all been warned about this. A little nugget of information that makes people go, oh, I didn't know that. Um, where should we start? <clears throat> let's start uh, Let's start in Spain. Let's start with Patricia. Um, Patricia, what's your Savile Standout statistic? In Spain, our, our average, as you see in retail parks, is 57 uh, square metres per 1,000 inhabitants. Um, and the average in, in the European Union is 65. Again, here, potential growth on, on this type of assets for the future. Sylvia, what about you? What's your Savile standout statistic? 
as for um, online sales in Italy, we are about uh, uh, we were pre-COVID about eight nine percent. I I think uh, we will have a jump of four points, so about twelve percent after this period. Sylvia, thank you so much for that, and Sylvia and Patricia, thank you very much for for giving us the European perspective on all this stuff. Let's head back to the UK, um, Matthew. Why don't you give us your Savile standout statistic? Yeah, I think it's just a, a very simple one, actually. And just to put into context how this is affecting retailers, um, a high-end fashion retailer, to reopen their store post the, lock, uh, post the, the COVID lockdown, it cost them £75,000 to get it reopened, uh, restocked, um, all the new PPE, all the new social distancing. So it's, it's, it's not just a matter of opening doors and welcoming people back in. This is quite a big, uh, big test for these guys to reopen their stores once they've been, been closed. Wow, that is uh, that's a fit, that's a lot of money, isn't it, Stephen? What about you? You're, you're the numbers man, so you you should have a you should have a wealth of standout stats. <laughs> well, hopefully, this is actually a stat from uh, from Into uh, and Javelin Group, who have just found and it just backs up what uh, Matthew was saying, really, in terms of the importance of of keeping stores open. They found that uh, physical stores will still account in some way for eight pound of every ten pound to be spent in retail by 2025. So that includes not just people buying in store, but click and collect purchases in-store orders, you know, shipping items from stores. So physical stores are going nowhere. They're here to stay. They're going to really, really support what's happening in retail. And that seems like as good a place as any to end this episode of Real Estate Insights. Thank you all very much for your time and for your wisdom. Uh, if you want more information, you can, I can highly recommend the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research for all sorts of stuff there. And if you aren't a subscriber to Real Estate Insights yet, then please feel free to become one using your usual podcast provider. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.